creado y regado de Los Ángeles. Juana's Adicción. What an incredible atmosphere, and it seems like we say the same thing over and over each time we come in here, but our fans are by far the best in the country. And this is why you come to UGA. <clears throat> when you get an opportunity to play in an atmosphere like that, in an environment like that, it's really incredible. Um, you don't really know what's inside you in life or football until you get tested. And uh, I thought we got tested tonight. We found out a lot about our team. We're far from perfect, and we got to get a lot better. But they'll fight you, man. They'll fight you over and over again. Get rolling. This is the Old Georgia Boys wrap-up special for season. We've had zero podcasts this year, so we like to end it with a bang. That's a good wrap-up. <laughs> we never had a preseason a or wrap, regular season podcast. A wrap-up of nothing. It kind of mirrors the season. It's like it's kind of a half-ass podcast to go with a sort of a sort of our offensive game plan. What about just let's talk about highlights? Because um, when I was thinking about doing this wrap-up show, I was like, "What were the highlights from our season, 2019? What's the first things that come to your mind?" Vanderbilt was fun. Never been to Vandy before. Nashville is a fun town to watch a Georgia victory. Yeah, I would say too. The tailgating was was pretty pretty darn good. And the when you said stood out, what stands out to me is the Notre Dame game the entire day. They could have called that third one. All on blitz. Fly. Let's it fly. Back shoulder. KJ. Touchdown. I think he got his right foot down. I think when he spun, he got his right foot down. Field. That was a fun day. We had a bunch of people in Athens that day that don't normally come to Athens. And, and then the game was a night game, and we debuted those lights and uh, ended up winning the game. That 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 was one of the early highlights, anyway. Yep, definitely an awesome uh, environment. This is the ball game. If Notre Dame doesn't get a first down, Bucks in trouble. Given Chase, he's just going to lay it up in the middle of the field, and it's knocked down by Georgia. DJ Daniel got a hand on it, and you saw the exhale from Kirby Smart on the Georgia sideline. So. 
I was happy that we were there for that. Either one of y'all go to Jacksonville? Nope, didn't I go didn't. to Jacksonville. I went. That, that that's that's one of the first times I can I can remember maybe ever where both usually one fan base shows up excited and the other one's kind of like, well, we're going to lose. This this was a case of the Florida people were there and the Georgia people were there and it was it was as rowdy as I've seen Jacksonville. Jake Fromm on play action. Deep. He's going to go down the sideline. Wide open. Lawrence Cager. Touchdown. This is the first pass of longer than 15 yards in the SEC for Georgia, and it changes the scoreboard. That was a quality win. I, I don't know if you guys agree. That, that, to me, was maybe our best win of the year. Yeah, I would agree. Looking back at the highlights, that was a that was a tough game. I mean, it was a hard-fought game, and I didn't see a big difference in the talent. I know we're supposed to be out-talenting them right now, but that was a hard-fought game, and we made some key plays to win. And it's a killer of a loss for Florida. Jubilation on the Bulldog sideline. It was a war. Hoping to get back to Atlanta for the SEC championship. They just took a giant leap in that direction. What a football game. What a well-played game. No turnovers in the game. Yep. Jake Fromm is with Jamie. Look at this unbelievable scene between Coach and Jake. That was quite the emotional moment with Coach. What did you just say to him? He said, don't ever doubt, doubt Jake Fromm. And um, I'm just so thankful. I got a head coach who believes in me and believes in this team. I'm so thankful to be here. Kind of mirrored the Auburn game. Both those games where you're going in nervous about it. And we handled both up. Now, granted, both teams kind of came back at the end, but I really didn't think we – we're going to give either one of those games up after the first three quarters for sure. When I when I think of the Florida game, I think of Cager, <laughs> and when I when I think of Auburn, I think about our defense. So um, both those games, we got up on them, and then kind of let them back in. It made it close, but uh, yeah, we had a fun time watching that one too. That was good. Yeah, the Auburn game we watched at your house on your deck, and we would have shut them out, but mm -hmm. you kept walking around with a big zero on your fingers going, man, they just can't score all during <laughs> halftime. Good job, Tommy. Good job. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you need one touch? Quit chucking my one. <laughs> Tommy, the jinx. So, yeah, I think they scored the first two possessions in the second half, and they recovered that onside kick, if you remember. But after replay, mm -hmm. they took it away from him. That was uh, that was very fortuitous for us, or that might have been a different game. I had in my mind, boy, he's he's really working it here to put that baby down the way he wanted it, and, and he yes. did it perfectly. And just kind of like overshot it. Ten yards, number five of the kicking team illegally blocks his opponent. This is a illegal block, five yards of the kicking team. Five-yard penalty to be enforced with. 35-yard line will re-kick from the 30. He's there is because he's fast, but watch it. I thought maybe he was offsides. No, but he's so fast. Actually, three yards in front of anybody, and he engages there. Ball's not 10 yards, and boy, we thought we were looking at everything. We were looking at <laughs> fingernails and fingers and who recovered it. And there's a wide receiver who's too quick for his own business yep. right there. That's all right, Tommy. We won. You didn't totally jinx it, my friend. He jinxed us at uh, Notre Dame, too, because he was like, he sent that text saying, man, no one has 
we haven't trailed at halftime at home in like 20 years. <laughs> and the, no, the very next game, we trailed at halftime at home. So just stop talking about oh the game, Oh, my Tommy. gosh. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> well, let me say this. The, the, uh, Steve, kudos, because showing up at 6 a.m. or whatever time you got to uh, the varsity, that, that made for a fun day, too. That was uh, – I had not been to Tech in maybe 10 years. That was a lot of fun. And, and also the the, uh, the SEC game, that was nice. Well, thank you, man. It is a collective effort. But that this season, again, as a recap, I think we did eight tailgates. The only tailgate we didn't do for Athens was South Carolina. But I think we were there we definitely – I mean, two of them were just monsoon, especially mm-hmm. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But it was – I'm with you, Tommy. That's one of the better tailgate seasons just by pure volume and fun. Yes, y'all did an excellent job, and Crystal and Wes ramped up the tailgating quality this year. So kudos to y'all because that was awesome. Oh, God. Yeah, they are angels. Mm-hmm. I love them. Beautiful tailgate people. So, yeah, I mean – you know, we, when we started this off, we're talking about, well, it was kind of a disappointing season. But then if you look back, you know, we beat Florida, we beat Auburn, we beat Notre Dame, we beat Tennessee, beat Tech, and scored 52 points. Anytime you score 50 against Tech, it's just fun. And then we won the Sugar Bowl, which was never really in doubt. We were up 19 to nothing. And chip, it's a fake. It's the holder, Jake Camarda, for the first down. If he doesn't stumble, it might be a touchdown. Eli Wolf with the lead block. Eli Wolf is the protector on the other side. He becomes the lead blocker. It's perfectly executed. Easily gets the first down. And it could have been a touchdown. You know, it was just an easy game to watch and win. And So you think about all those games that we won. It's just hard to be disappointed when I mean, we lost to probably the eventual national champion, and then we had that just horrific, you know, horrible South Carolina game, which was just inexplicable in all facets. I think we were 25-point favorites in that game and somehow lost. And just as a refresher yeah. on that game, did anyone hear the soundbite of Mark Rick for our listening audience? Feel free to look that one up on the internet where before the game, they have the soundbite of him. And basically it was, you know, what do you think about, the, the, you know, getting ready for the game, blah, blah, blah. What do you think? And he's like, I don't know, but one thing for sure, we better get our asses ready to play. Like you could, in the stress level in his, mm. in his cadence was just, you could tell something was amiss. Something was not Rick? right that day. Rick said that? That's Kirby Smart. You know, that guy who's our coach. Sorry, yeah. not Mark Rick. As a struggling actor, I need all the breaks that I can get. At Liberty Butcher Mode. Cut. Liberty Meat. Line. Cut. Cut. Liberty Meat. Am I allowed to riff? What if I come out of the water? Liberty Bibbity. Cut. We'll dub it. It was uh, Kirby Smart pregame. Said, I don't know, we got to get our asses ready to play. And he sounded very stressed. He must have saw That was a weird day. Weird day. It was. Because there's a 12 o'clock tailgate, which is just god awful. You're going to have to pay me a lot of money in the future to get me to a 12 o'clock game. It's just, it's terrible. But, uh, yeah, we didn't I do a tailgate. A lot of the, when, you, when you talk about the, the disappointment, it, it's like, yeah, you're right. I mean, everything you said is right. I mean, two years ago, we would have been like, we did what? We made it to the Sugar Bowl? We lost two games? 
there's there's some angst centered around the fact that yeah we we only lost two games but they said we averaged 30 points a game georgia's offense is is like the 50th offense in the country in scoring so i think that's a lot of the you, you looked out there and you saw a championship defense and an offense that just really kept a lot of games close where you felt like they shouldn't have been close and and then and then you know now now we're talking about we're losing four linemen and our starting running back and our quarterback but i think there's a lot of you know unrest particularly around the offensive side of the ball going into next year yep that's a that's a good summary you looked at our defense which was just i mean i thought it's best in the country which was one of the reasons i was very shocked at the sec championship game I mean, I know we all were together, and, and y'all were kind of saying, nah, I don't know if we got much chance, but I was just really thought that LSU would struggle against our defense. And they not only did not struggle, but they, they didn't even break a sweat. So I was really shocked at that. But I think that just tells how good LSU is, not really how our defense was, because our defense was, was solid just about every game and, and excelled. And, yeah, to have our offense just be, you know, terrible – you know, it kind of remind everybody said Fromm had a bad year, which he did to his standards. Um, but it was kind of like a Tom Brady this year. You know, he, he just if you don't have anybody to throw to, you don't have anybody to throw to. And I think that was we were worried about that before the season started, and it it seems like our receivers got worse as the year went by. I will say, you know, call it the postseason worries of Cade Mays, whose dad loses a finger on recruiting trip. And decides to sue Georgia a few months ago, and then Cade Mays is—I mean, you can't make—you cannot make that up. I mean, that's just the craziest thing. But losing from him and both tackles, Wilson, yeah, both tackles—you lose four people. But then we pick up what is it? Pro Football Focus said is going to be the third strongest quarterback returning in Jamie Newman. Hmm. from Wake Forest. Hmm. The only other ones that, that rank higher above him, I think, are Trevor Lawrence and Jake, uh, Justin Fields. So maybe we'll be okay there. I'm like, golly, it can't be much worse, can it? Knock on wood. <laughs> I think this season has definitely showed us that college football has completely changed from the Saban era. Hmm. You know, I mean, if you don't have a running quarterback, you will not win. You might beat other teams. You might win eight or nine games. But when you play a good team that has a running quarterback, you're going to get beat. So I like the fact that we've added a guy who runs. Because, you know, two years ago when when we were awesome and won the Rose Bowl, you know, Fromm ran a lot. We ran a lot of RPOs. He kept the ball a lot. You think about that Tennessee game that year where we won 38 nothing. Jen Mays' wedding. You know, I think he had two rushing touchdowns in that game, plus, you know, five or six other runs. Mm-hmm. So that just opens I remember up. that. Yeah, he was a – and then this year, I can't think of one play where he ran. on You know, a called play. He had plays where he ran, and those were games we won. The Florida game, he had a couple of scrambles, and Auburn game, he had a couple of key scrambles. But they were always just, you know, breakdowns. It wasn't actual plays. And I think that showed – that was one of the reasons why our offense was just kind of stagnant. You know, thinking about thinking about guys who can catch the ball, boy, I really hope Dominic Blaylock gets healed up. Nice. On first down, from going to go deep. Got a man out there and get him. Dominic Blaylock, touchdown. Again, here's Blaylock. 
there's the coverage right there, playing off outside technique, poor technique, no safety in the middle of the field. He just runs right by. You know, he had a what looked like a pretty bad injury in the SEC title game. He hurt his knee, and and then I'm thinking. We go, we go to the Sugar Bowl, and I, I, I wanted to ask this question. Um, we go to the Sugar Bowl, and we have one receiver going in the game, which was Pickens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he caught 18 footballs in the first half. Um, <laughs> why, why, why was he able – why do you guys think he was able to even get open, knowing going in knowing that we had one receiver basically um, – you know, they had one job, cover Pickens. Is that more a product of, of defense? In the Big 12 championship. Pressure from Fromm's left. He throws for Pickens. He runs under it, catches it, and a touchdown for Georgia. I mean, you know they're going to throw it to him. I think, and I think, you know, it just takes times for these young guys to figure it out. You know, and he obviously figured it out how to get open and because like early in the season I think we talked about it one of the tailgates like our receivers were not trying to get open they were trying to run the plays that were called and then when you watch Ohio State and Clemson and LSU on TV on the highlight reel every night you watch these receivers I mean they're getting open and you know catching balls and going for touchdowns whereas our guys are just oh I got to run this particular pattern I did my job you know it wasn't like a uh, if I juke him to the outside and break inside, I'll be wide open type deal. So, Yeah, I almost think, like they're checking a box. Right. You know, I'm going to run right. the route, and that's the route I'm going to run. Yeah, as you're saying that, Stevie, I was thinking one play in particular stands out, and I hate to be uh, negative. We we're asking about the positive thing. The, one, the worst play of the year involved a certain number five oh. on, a, on, a, on a sideline route. And and the ball goes to the to the wrong shoulder or the route was wrong or something. Do y'all remember the play I'm talking about? Yeah. Here comes a blitz from outside, reaching out to try and pick it off as Mukwabu. He's got it. Second interception of the day for Israel Mukwabu on Aaron throw from Jake Fromm. It's a stop route, and the big thing with the stop route is at the top of your landers come back down where you came from, your stem. He curled inside. Now there's a lot of contact by Mukwamu as well, but Jake Fromm's throwing that ball, anticipating landers to come back where he came from. Carolina picks it, and a, a team that a team that probably wouldn't have scored another touchdown against us scored on on defense, and and it eventually cost us a football game, but. You know, it was it was just weird stuff like that. You're talking about checking the boxes off with these young receivers. Yeah, it's kind of like, all right, I'm going to take 12 steps, and then I'm going to turn and catch. You know, uh, rather than go out there and and compete and and may, maybe that maybe as Kerry said, may, maybe that comes with you know playing the game and getting some experience under your belt. But I was just thinking about that play, and that's that's almost a, to me symbolic of how the how some of the the negative the negative plays went. And, and Tommy, just to keep on that role, now that we Tyler Simmons, if he was not a senior and he oh. was coming back, I may actually have killed myself or just <laughs> I don't know what I would have done. But that guy is the worst receiver. Touch ball intercepted. It's McQuabble again. They are stunned here in Athens. You'll see the throw from Fromm. It's right where it needs to be. Pops off Simmons' hands. 
even last year. So Tucker and I came up with a nickname for him last year. I call him Cinderblock. Like <laughs> he he catches like he catches like that, and he he kind of runs like that. Like there's no there's no yeah. real fluid fluidity, you know. He just sort of runs in square blocks, and um, I'm like, <laughs> why why are we why are we running the end around to this guy? Yeah, but, he's like uh, the the motorcycles in Tron, where he just goes <laughs> and thing. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So yeah, I'm, yes. Steve, I'm yeah. Kind of, I'm reference kind of, by the way, the kids on. out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to serve our demographic. But yeah, we had some. You know, Simmons what? had a rough year. Matt Landers is just he must be the best practice receiver ever because i don't just don't see how that guy could possibly get on the field during a game he has no ball <laughs> skills no catch skills no run skills it's it's, it's just baffling but hopefully we, next well, year I he'll be good because i think we've got two more years bright. of him the future's bright for the receiving core I, I think and i hope i think losing swift though you know zamir showed some some promise i guess in the in the sugar bowl but he seems to kind of get the ball and Put his head down, close his eyes, and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he'll figure that out too. I yeah. this was his year, like making too, sure his making sure his knee was sound, you know, and hopefully he's got a little more yeah. break to him because Swift in the open field's one of the best we've ever had. Yeah, I think he gets tackled too easily, but when he's out in the open, he's tough to even touch. But yeah, we got a lot of good running backs coming in, a lot of great receivers coming in. It's going to be kind of another rebuilding thing, but. Ohio State well, our, was our in the same position there. last year, and they look pretty good this year. Yeah. And the defense should still be solid. Here's a flea flicker. Getting chased. Throws on the run. And it is intercepted by J.R. Reed. He's had his hands on two other ones. He got both hands on that one. This is a veteran move and an athletic move at the same time. Watch how far J.R. Reed is away from this receiver when he breaks on the ball. What a play by the leader of that secondary. Yeah, really? yeah, we sh- we'll be oh, in every yeah. game. So who who's got Tuscaloosa circled next year? Road trip. Heck yeah, we're going. We'll do an on-site old Georgia boys podcast from Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I'm sure that'll happen. <laughs> we'll give it a shot. <laughs> I mean, we got enough generators and power surge to you know fuel a whole radio station well something happens we have like a drink to start and once that happens it's like <laughs> what which i keep saying would be one of the better podcasts if we do yes. it like around one o'clock two o'clock or seven o'clock kickoff mm-hmm. that would go over well we will be woke and broke yes that will be bad any other things to sum up the season i think uh, yeah there's always next season <laughs> That's there is. You know, we say that every year. I I, I painfully rewatched the SEC championship game. I don't know why, but you know, it really still every game comes down to a few plays. And uh you mm-hmm. know, for us, the very first play, uh Tyler Simmons, our favorite guy, was just wide open. So number one, if Fromm hits him in stride, it's a touchdown, first play. Mm. But he didn't quite hit him in stride. It was not really a good pass, but it was catchable. And, of course, he dropped it. So, um, so there's your first play. And then you remember LSU, you know, they went down and scored real easy, never broke a sweat. And then we did nothing, and then they got the ball. And that's when Burrow had his self-pass 
where we deflected yes. it right back to him, and then he ran for 30 yards. <laughs> you just watch the replay of that, and you're like, this is not going to go well. Dealer in the slot to the left of the receiver across the middle. It's batted in the air. Joe Burrow to Joe Burrow. And now Burrow heading to the first down marker and then some. It's going to go as a Burrow to Burrow 16-yard pickup. He's too good to be lucky, but on this one, he was lucky. Also, he's such an aware football player. Those are the kind of plays where you, you it does occur to me in the moment. It's not our day. Yeah, yeah, it's not our day when that happens. Yeah. And then, you know, Rodrigo, well, uh, our, our award-winning Luke Rosa mm. kicker, he missed two field goals, you know. And uh, um, even on that same drive when Burrow had the self-pass, they threw that bomb to that guy, and it hit their receiver. It literally hit him in his own face and bounced perfectly <laughs> where he could catch it and fell to the ground. It was like, all right, we should probably just go home now. All right, well, it was good talking to you guys, and we'll, uh, all right. we'll get back on the regular schedule next year because I think the old Georgia boys gives Georgia some power. So we'll about. have a recap of 2020 about this time next year? <laughs> I guess so. Yep. All right, Bye, boys. Go dogs. Have a good one. Go dogs. You leave it to me. I'll get your taxes in an okay place. What? Well, just as soon as my audit is over. This gets my undivided attention. You take a lot of trips to the Caymans, Phil. Pretty great, right? Oh, Phil's legally dead. Fell off a boat. Going by Dennis now. Solari. <laughs> Long story. Then we got, oh, no. We're not going to want to see this. Let I me don't think this is going to work. Presley. Yes. Did you go to any Georgia games this year? No. Did you want to go to any Georgia games this year? No. Did me and your mommy force you to go to any tailgates this year? No. Do you have any words from a preteen point of view that would describe the 2019 football season? I don't really care. summertime when the weather is hot you can step right up and get a sandwich that's not market fresh pick a chicken salad and a blt i cut the grapes for the pick and chicken salad made the bacon for the blt and that's exactly how you make the sandwiches that's brilliant all right we're here with the luscious dawn <laughs> hello i wanted to talk to you about our glorious 
2019 Georgia Bulldog football season. If only I would have been there for the glorious moments. <laughs> <laughs> I made poor choices this year. Oh, yeah. What kind of choices did you make? Apparently, I didn't pick the right games to go to. I got to witness South Carolina. Mm. Mm. Painful. Yes, we were there together for that one. <laughs> yes. That was, a treat. was that your first game of the year? Yes. No, wait. I went, was Notre Dame before that? I yes. can't remember. Okay. Yes. So, no, I went up there for Notre Dame, but I did not go in. Jamie and I chose to sell our tickets, which may not have been a good choice in hindsight. Doesn't sound like a good choice. <laughs> no. <laughs> because the other games that I went to, South Carolina, and then that Texas A&M situation. Hmm. Another rain game. Yes. I made all bad decisions this year. That was terrible. <laughs> Yes, we had two rain games, the Kentucky game, which he wisely did not go to. Yeah, at least one of them I chose correctly. You chose wisely. You went to the Texas A&M game, which was drenched as well. The redeeming quality was that Crystal decided to give us an entire Thanksgiving feast. Mm. So we pretty much just showed up and ate a ton of food and then went, went and sat in the rain. Yeah, good times. That was the feast game. It was. That was a good tailgate and got a 27-course meal. <laughs> At least I got that before I had to go sit in a puddle. Yes, and it was pretty cold that day, too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then you remember that guy at the South Carolina game that sat behind us? <laughs> Do you remember him? I he also made it. Oh, how could you forget? He made it memorable. His constant screaming. I figured we would end up in some kind of fighting situation. Yeah. Some kind of fight club. Be down in the galleys of the state, Sanford Stadium. Something, because you were not handling it that well. And I usually handle people pretty well, but he was really on my last nerve. <laughs> and he was sitting behind me, and he kept digging his feet into my <laughs> rear end. And I yes. was like, dude, you're kicking me. But he had all kinds of helpful advice for the team. He did. He was <laughs> constantly screaming at the top of his yes. lungs. Yes. As though they could hear every word. Yes. Giving yes. them constant instruction on what plays to run. And I kind of blame him for the loss. Do you remember him kind of going at some of the people next to us? Yes, I do. He, yeah. And he was like, y'all suck. We're going to win. And do you remember all that? And then it was like. Mm. Yeah, they were South Carolina people. Weren't yeah, they? yeah. Yeah. So he kind of he kind of sealed the deal for us, I feel like. And then at the end of the game, he was like. Rodrigo hadn't missed a field goal, or that was beginning yeah. end of the first half. He yeah, like, Rodrigo Remember? hadn't missed a field goal all year. Of course, he missed that one. Yes. And then at the end of the game, he's like, "Oh well, we'll at least go into another overtime because yes, Rodrigo never did. misses." Which shank. It was horrible. I partially blame him. He does deserve a lot of the blame. <laughs> I think he does. <laughs> I'd forgotten about him. How I don't know how you could. I like. I like you must have blocked it on I like purpose. To block things out. <laughs> I guess you do. <laughs> Because that was not a good situation. No. So, what did you think of the season overall? Overall, it was not my favorite season. <laughs> it was not my favorite season. You took away Jamie from me, so I did not get to sit next to her and have my traditions. <laughs> and then, on top of that, I just went to all the wrong games. That's true. It was not my favorite season. I still love you. 
<laughs> I sure am glad. <laughs> I'll still go to some games, but I'm going to do a better job this next year. I don't know how I can factor in the weather, but somehow I'm going to make a better prediction. Or I'll just go to all the games. <laughs> That's generally the way to do it. <laughs> right? I will say, though, the good thing about it now is that you and I are not Mama and Papa Tailgate anymore. The rains have most definitely been given over. That would be Wes and Crystal now. Yes, they have the reins firmly in their they hands. They do. So yes. that part, I just get to show up now. So mm-hmm. that's kind of nice. Well, and Steve and Chad Steve and, and Trisha, they get there early and mark out the spot and get the generators going. Yeah, it's a, it's a long way from when you and I used to set up the tailgate in the dark together and you would be like, Dawn, how could you not understand how to put together an easy up tent? It's easy up. Right. No, no. Well, I do remember being a little militant <laughs> yeah, at times. You think, you think? Yes. And tailgates back then would take so much prep from us, cooking days ahead and doing all that. And we'd stay over at Hughes and get out there before it was even light to set them up in the dark by sunrise. <laughs> I can't believe you used to do that. That's when we were dating, so I guess I was just... Trying to impress. <laughs> I don't know. It was have. fun. It was fun. But at this stage of life with Presley and being older and stuff, at this stage of life, it's really awesome that we have the Starns and Chad and, you know, the Culpeppers and all that good stuff to handle it. Yes. I am grateful. I'm happy to pass that torch. <laughs> Who do we play next year? That's what I care about. I've already moved on to next year. You know, I paid no attention to that bowl game. I am moving on. 2020, we, baby. We watched the bowl game at the beach. Yeah. Even, you barely even watched it. You know I'm not into the bowl games unless it's for the playoffs. Right. Well, so. uh, yes, I had also forgotten that I split up our tickets this year hmm. in the portal. The Don't new, worry. The new ticket portal. So we're used to all sit together and you and Jamie had your little traditions with peanut M&Ms and whatever yes, else you and, and just talking and like just the camaraderie that's part of watching the games and going to a tailgate for me to going to the games because now Wes has his big time tickets so mm-hmm. it's really the four of us bad error on your part with that one I made the move to the shade side so I had to make a no that was good quick decision under pressure foxhole decisions what I like to call it as I was Trying to redeem myself from making a decision for everybody without their permission. Right? You think? It's always good to get other people's opinions when you're spending thousands of their dollars. Yeah, I probably should have done that. (laughs) Points for the shade. I'll give you that. See, shade was the deal. Shade was the deal. Well, I had one word to describe the 2019 season. What would it be? First word that comes to mind is (laughs) non-memorable. (laughs) <laughs> but I think that's I would, two words. It is. Forgettable. Yes, it is forgettable. The actual some of the games were actually I would like to forget about them, like South <laughs> Carolina. Um and I think that's just because I didn't go into Notre Dame. If I'd been inside for that game, I think it would have been a much more memorable season. Yes, I think um, everybody pretty much calls that the highlight of the year. Right, and I missed it. I stood outside and watched from the outside. (laughs) You were 100 yards from the stadium. Right, so for that reason, 
but regardless, it's still always good times. That's right. It's all about the tailgate, which we had a few good ones of those. and We did. I love y'all, so it's all good with that. We'll do it all again next year. Right? Same time, <laughs> same place. <laughs> all right, love you, baby. Love you, too. It's a little 10-piece for it just to blow it in the mall. Doesn't mean that we involved. I just what? I just uh, put a Richard on the card. I ain't go playing ball, but I'll show you how to Gotta do it if you really wanna fall Till you're five when you're back against the wall And a bunch of need you to go away Still going bad on them anyway Saw you last night but did it broad day All right, so I'm glad y'all could get on the podcast, have us a season wrap-up, just get a few thoughts on the season. Uh, when I talked to Tommy and Stevie earlier this week, it was the, the night of the championship game, so obviously a lot of things have happened since then. We've got us a new offensive coordinator. Wes, you know anything about this guy? I've read a little bit about him. He seems to have done good in the pros and a little bit at Oklahoma State. Mm. Maybe he'll have the offense a little bit more, I hope. Have you ever worked with Dr. Culpepper? Oh, yeah. He's okay. Just okay? Guess who just got reinstated? Well, not officially. Nervous? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. I'll see you in there. Yeah, I read thing, one thing. He just really loves big plays, so I'm sure that's sounded really good in the interview. We're going to throw it more than 10 yards down the field this year? <laughs> I guess. Who knows? I kind of, I kind of wanted somebody, you know, that was like twenty-seven years old and knows nothing except how to beat defenses, you know, like a Joe Brady. I think that's the the blueprint. Bring in a kid like that, and just let him. Oh, this will work. This will work. This will work. But whatever, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to have a guy that's gonna gonna try new things. I feel like we've seen enough back shoulder throws to uh, last a lifetime. Mhm. Mhm. It just was exhausting to watch the plotting offense last year. It just <laughs> suck all the fun and energy out of watching them, really. Yes, it was very painful. And then I think it was kind of like a social media thing, you know, where you, you know, you look at Facebook and Instagram and all you see is the greatest moments of everyone's lives and it makes you really depressed because your life's not that great. So you turn on Sports Center every weekend and see Clemson and Ohio State and you know LSU just scoring seventy points with you know forty two big plays during the game and we had like one and a half. So it's kind of like you just you just see the other guys how great they are and it just makes you really depressed that you're not that way. Well, the other thing I don't I don't understand is I, I mean I guess it had to do with the offense and what we were running, but. We even turned like our dynamic players into plotting, you know, five yards in a cloud of dust players. Like DeAndre Swift, his freshman year was our change of payback breakaway guy that was taking it to the house. And all of a sudden this year, it was like one yard, two yard. I mean, if he broke a big run, he was getting, you know, 10 yards, but almost turned him into a different player. And not for the best. No. <laughs> yeah, he didn't look right either. I. I think he was just a little bit hurt all year, but he did not look like 
freshman DeAndre Swift. No. Anyway, it'll be a first round draft pick, so he can't be that yeah. bad. <laughs> Which just makes you realize that we we weren't calling the right plays. I mean, if we're not getting our guys in the place that they need to be to succeed, that seems to be a lot on the on the coaches. So hopefully this uh this coaching change will be uh be for the better. When I was listening to Buck Blue uh earlier this week, he was talking about Coley and saying that he was the best recruiter that we had. So I'm glad he's staying, but I just wonder how long he's gonna stay as just a just a recruiter. Mm-hmm. Assistant head coach. Yeah. What does that mean? That means he gets to sit in the booth during the games. Yeah. Jamie was like, doesn't he have any pride? <laughs> <laughs> he got a promotion, man. Yeah. Maybe it won't be that bad for him. He is a sought-after coach. I mean, Jimbo tried to hire him away two years ago, and apparently um, Oregon called a week or two ago and tried to get him to come there as offensive coordinator. And you turned it down? Yeah, before uh, the hiring, before Munkin was hired. Mm. I wonder if he's called him back. Said, hey, remember that call from last week? Is that still out there? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking he might not be around recruiting for us very long. Mm. It's possible it, there's some more coaching changes on the horizon here. Mm. I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on just the season as a whole. You know, maybe word association. What's what? What word do you associate with the 2019 Georgia season? Word association. It was sort of an exhausting season for me, which is weird. <laughs> it just sucked all my emotional energy out. And we had a pretty good year. We were 11 and two, but it was just kind of disappointing and, and I don't know, tiring at the end of the. Probably, is mentally uh, draining the same as exhausting? I think so, but that's two words. <laughs> uh, that's two words. Dang. But yes, mm. I think I think I'm feeling a I'm feeling a theme here. <laughs> but yeah, Wes, your exhaustion was probably due to setting up the tailgate every week. <laughs> that definitely adds, you know, I don't know, twenty twenty hours of of stuff to your week. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. We're going to have to streamline that process. Yeah. <laughs> like Shannon said, we need to think of it like camping. You know, we, we went for years with just 67 bins of stuff and uh, four-wheeling it down to the campsite. Now we're like, no, nah, let's just uh, bring the bare necessities. Yeah. But, we, hey, I enjoyed it. It was awesome. Especially the 22-course yeah. Thanksgiving feast. That was impressive. Oh, that was a good one. I'm sure it's awesome when everything's when everything's soaked with water after it's rained all day too. Yeah, we had those two rain games that were really that was a mess. That was a mess. <laughs> Clean up. And that was kind of the thing too. You know, coming into the season, we're like, this is the best home seat home schedule we've ever had. You know, with Notre Dame coming in town, Texas A and M. You know, a pretty good you know SEC slate, and and then we had. We lost to South Carolina at a home game, which was a noon game, which are horrible. And then two rain games, you know, so that's three out of your seven awesome games that are just horrible. It didn't quite work out the way we planned. <laughs> nope, never does. 
Slings one to the sideline, and it's intercepted by McCrabbo. He's down the sideline. Long strides to the pylon for a pick six. Jake Fromm's first pick goes the other way for a touchdown. Kim Law got the pressure. Maquamu read the throw to the sideline, and he took it to the house. 53 yards for a Gamecocks touchdown. When you think back upon it, like you think back to like Fromm's freshman year, we were so far ahead of schedule. You know, I think we all we all we would all sit there and say at tailgate, oh man, by the time Fromm's a junior. Swift will be, you know, Swift will be there. The line will be more experienced. By the time he's a junior, we're really going to be awesome. And so I think that was part of part of the year as you came into the year thinking about how awesome the, the offensive line was supposed to be. And now Fromm's got two years under his belt and Swift's dynamic, a Heisman hopeful. And you just thought that, you know, this year was going to be the year to really dominate and – every game seemed like was a was a struggle and so that was kind of the the real exhausting you know disappointing part of this year to me but you know kind of how you said Wes I mean we were 11 and 2 on the season we ended up 12 and 2 you know we beat Florida here comes the blitz from throws complete Eli Wolf the tight end what a play we beat Auburn Beat Notre Dame, beat Tennessee. Tight plays, and part of that is is increasing the stunts with their defensive Look out. Maurer got blasted. He never saw the corner blitz coming from Stokes. Tay Crowder picks it up. Crowder, a former running back, still has that speed, and he scores. A defensive touchdown for Georgia. First guys to check on him. Because of the short split, it was so easy to disguise that corner blitz by Eric Stokes, and Maurer had... No idea it was coming. Clean hit. Beat Tech by 50. And then we won the Sugar Bowl. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard <laughs> to have all those things happen and be, you know, man, that was an exhausting season. We were exhausted <laughs> from winning all those big games, I guess. So, it was, just, it was such a two-edged sword season. I actually think this is a good sign for the future that Kirby has raised our expectations to this level that – that that was a disappointing season. <laughs> yes. If you wrote this season down on paper, like five years ago, five years ago, and said, "Okay, would you take a win over Florida, Tennessee, Tech, a Sugar Bowl win, a home game against you know one of the best teams of all time, Notre Dame? You know, would you would you take that? You know, of course you would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but we're all sitting here thinking about how depressing the season was. We were in the conversation for the playoffs until the last week of the season. You know, like I said, at the tailgate for the SEC championship game, I mean, I, I, I really expected us to go in there and play well. I didn't think LSU had seen a, a defense like ours, and so I know a lot of y'all were saying, no, nah, we're probably going to get beat today, but for, I just thought we matched up well, and, man, was I wrong. I obviously did not know anything about college football. But... <laughs> I think it's, you know, Joe Burrow and LSU, they're just on a different level this year. You know, they were they were next-level stuff, and, you know, they didn't even break a sweat against us. Or, really, you know, Clemson was up 17-7, and then they just switched on their switch and scored the next 21 points, and that game was over. 
Yeah, and Clemson was the lowest scoring defense in the nation, and they scored 22 on them like it was nothing, and they could have scored more if they hadn't kind of shut it down just to run it out, mm-hmm. run out the box. Yeah, I don't think anybody was stopping LSU this year. Yeah, yeah, Burrow is just one of the most accurate passers I've ever seen. You know, I went back and watched the our game against them, the SEC Championship, and, you know, all of his completions obviously hit him right in the hands. They pro- they had two just complete drops where they, their guy just dropped, hit him in the chest and dropped it. And then every other incompletion, the ball would have hit their guy in the hands, but our defender happened to get his hand in there and knock it away. <laughs> I mean, it was just like there were no bad passes. They were all perfect. And then yeah. plus he had those two crazy plays, you know, where he ran around and then threw a 60-yard bomb. And also, That's actually what impressed me about him more, just as equally as his passing, uh, his passing accuracy is – when he's in the pocket, he does not get rattled, and he just moves his feet. It, it actually reminds me a lot of, of Tom Brady. Like he doesn't look like a, a great athlete, but like he just makes one little move of his feet, and the defender goes flying by, and he steps up in the pocket and hits the guy for a touchdown. Or runs. I mean, or yeah, or runs. Yeah. When he runs, he is fast, man. Because we had, he'd be running away from our linebackers who we know are fast. They'd angle him out, but they'd never catch him. You know, until he ran out of bounds. And it was just, oh, my God, it was frustrating. I think the frustrating part, or one of the things I was thinking about watching LSU celebrate their national championship, and this just goes back to, I think, still the frustration of being a Georgia fan and what our expectations are, is I just started thinking about, like, other than South Carolina, every major school around us or near us has won at least one national title since the last time we have. And it's just, it's just frustrating. I mean, you think about, you know, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Tennessee, Florida, Florida State, you know, all these schools right around us have all won at least one national championship, some of them multiple national championships since the last time we have. And there's not really an identifiable reason other than Nick Saban that, you know, these other schools should, should be winning more than this. Way to hammer, way to hammer that home. Yeah, <laughs> it's another thing to bring us down. Right. Put it in your mouth. I guess a but, random thought about this thing. How did I love Jake Fromm, but how did he get worse each year? Mm. <laughs> That's an excellent question. It's like our wide receivers, the same thing. I mean, we knew coming into the season they were going to be, you know, the weak point of the team, but they got worse. As the year went along, it was, how do you get worse? I just don't get it. That's good coaching, though. You guys are good. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. Take it to the house. This is a good kick. Simmons has to call fair catch again and dropped it. Notre Dame's on top of it. Chase Claypool comes up with a football. A huge mistake by Simmons. How about the hustle by your starting receiver, Claypool? Gets down there on special teams and is there to make the easy recovery. A gift. Calls a fair catch and then doesn't catch it. Well, that's that's about all the thoughts I had. You know, it was just such a weird year. You know, 12-2, and we won the Sugar Bowl, and we're just so disappointed and exhausted and mentally drained season top five for next year though we can't feel too bad about that. that's true 
That's true. I mean, the future's bright. We still got awesome players. And I like bringing in the quarterback we got because he runs. And I think, yep. the you know, for me, the evolution of college football is, is completely done now. If you don't have a running quarterback, you will not win. It's been kind of trending that way. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson kind of started with his national title and beating Alabama. But, you know, the, the Saban style can get you to the Sugar Bowl. That's about where you're going to peak out with the Saban style from here on out. If you don't have a running quarterback, you're just not going to win. You're going to win some, you know, but you're not going to win the national title. Can't wait till next year. <laughs> All right. We'll wrap it up. Let's just say uh, go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. for something I said after the game uh, Saturday night. That's not indicative of who I want to be or what I stand for. So how about them dogs? That's what I told them. And you know you messed up when you get home to your wife and she's more upset that you won the game, but she's more upset at something you said and it's not what I represent. It's not the kind of behavior I want to have. So I want to say that to dog fans out there and everybody. I'm going to try to handle that a lot better. And it was an emotional win and I was very emotional in that. And I do a better job of that. Oh!